You know, and they say that youth are the church of the future, and I'm always reminded all the time, they are not the church of the future, they're actually the church of today. And we have so much to be grateful for, to know, you know, the history and the future of the church is very secure. Because God is very much alive and well among his people and among his youth. What a testimony. And we heard a few of them. There's so many. And, and how God is working in, in our youth's lives in so many powerful ways. And he's working in yours too. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. Um, you heard at the beginning of that video, um, it was Colin Mung. And he was sharing about being baptized April 28, 2013. That wasn't very long ago with his two brothers. I want to show you a picture of that day. Um, they had requested, and, and, and great opportunity to teach theology here. Um, as Lutherans, we know the power in baptism is in the Word of God, not in how the water is applied. And that's where sprinkling, immersion, you know what? It's all good and it's all biblical. These guys, they wanted to be immersed. And they wondered if they could get baptized in a lake. The problem was they asked to do that in January. <laughs> and I asked if, if we could possibly wait till the ice cleared. And on April 28th, it did. And uh, if we look like we're in a little pain, we were. It was cold. But you want to talk about a memorable moment. In fact, um, here's a close-up of Colin's baptism that day. Um, what a powerful moment that was for them to celebrate as a family. The working of God in their life, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, calling over them, giving them faith, and reaffirming all that God had promised them from all eternity. Um, that's an amazing thing. When God has his way in our life, when he overcomes sin and death, and he says, you belong to me, you are a treasure child of God most high. I want to show you another picture of another special moment to me. Uh, this one was on May 20th in the year 2001, and this is my firstborn. This is Abby uh, celebrating her confirmation of that day today. Um, and, and what a day that was uh, to be so honored to play that part, to be able to speak those words of God's promise over her and that calling. You know, what was that day like for you when God called you by name and gave you a faith, a faith that's not meant to just be sat on or, or, or taken for granted, but a faith that Jesus calls us to be witnesses of? When he says to his disciples, you are witnesses of these things. Disciples, not just the 11 or the 12. It was disciples, plural, in terms of we're talking hundreds and hundreds of people who were witnesses of the fact that Jesus died and rose again. And these people, how do you explain the fact they were willing to not stop at anything, to go and tell what they had seen and what they would heard or had heard? We've been learning over these last few weeks that the word witness that Jesus uses and the word that's used again and again through the New Testament is the same word for something else in our language. Anybody know what it is? I was hoping we'd get this loud response, and the word is martyr. The word that Jesus uses in Greek is martyrio, a martyr or martras, a martyr. You will be witnesses. It's the same word. And how significant is it that to bear witness for Jesus carries with it the likelihood of being martyred for that faith? Not in retaliation, not in aggression. That's not what we're talking about. But simply bearing the name, name of Jesus bears with it the possibility of martyrdom. I remember this when I was confirmed. And we're going to read these words with our confirmands today. 
probably at your confirmation, if you were confirmed, these words were read right after the confession of of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, through the words of the Apostles' Creed and that questioning and question. Then, Then this one comes. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? Now, back in 19, when I was confirmed, <laughs> those words were asked of me. And I answered, I do so intend with the help of God. Never in my mind, in my wildest dreams, did I ever think that would be possible. That I would bear witness in the possibility of being killed for it. Never crossed my mind back then. And yet today, on this confirmation day, the eighth graders that are going to be asked that question, I got a feeling, in a sense, the world has changed a lot. And, and there's a possibility that could be very real. We've been seeing it again and again. I, at least I hope you're not just turning a deaf ear to it. Folks, it's happening, and it's happening a lot. People who are being put to death for their faith in Christ. And this is not some political statement. We need to rebel and strike out against it. Actually, that's not the, the witness here. In fact, that's not the witness of Christ to, uh, to retaliate. Quite the opposite. That's what's so incredible about our faith is we have a joy and we have a peace in the midst of circumstances. And, and even if martyrdom or, or, or persecution comes, that the witness in Christ bears witness to the truth of the gospel. Not in anger but in peace and in love and in joy in the message of Christ. It's always been that way. Oh, I know that there's been times in the church history where we got it wrong and, and, and took it into militant arms and forced people into the faith. You know, that's, that's not of Jesus, not at all. Rather, God has called us to be witnesses, being willing to even be martyrs. I mean, think about that today, where you sit, where you are. What does that mean for God's calling over your life as a treasured child of God. Some of you have heard the story of, of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah uh, was a troubled young man. He, he lived in, in Texas. Uh, he, he had started dealing drugs to make some money because he'd been kicked out of his house. His parents said would have nothing to do with him anymore. He, he was on the streets just trying to make a go of it. And they started using the drugs that he was selling. And that's bad for business, by the way. And, 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 and his life just spiraled out of control from there where he woke up on the street one day, literally in his own vomit. Jeremiah stumbled into a church. Uh, He was walking by to just look around a little bit, and as he was staring at some of the bulletin boards, he heard someone call out, Jeremiah, is that you? And he was so surprised somebody knew his name, turned around, and here's the uh, director of youth, the youth minister, and he said, Jeremiah, is it you? And he, he recognized him. He was a friend of a friend, and and knew a little of his story. He said, Jeremiah, you look terrible. You smell. Come on. Let, come in my office. Let's talk. Let's get you cleaned up. And, and, and that minister prayed with Jeremiah and said, okay, we're going to get you help here. Uh, found a place for him to live. Uh, got help for him to get sober and get clean and off of drugs. Invited him back to be part of the youth ministry and got him involved and actually made him a leader among that. And, I mean, against all odds, months later, Jeremiah is there at a youth event at, at uh, that church in Wedgwood, uh, Texas. 
And that night they had a, a large gathering of youth, about a hundred or so kids were gathered there. A, a worship band was leading that night and, and uh, they didn't hear it because the music was so loud, but glass shattered outside the doors of the, the sanctuary. Um, and, and what they didn't know is uh, two people had been gunned down right outside the church and, and, and the gunman came inside, stormed in, started to open fire in, inside the room and, and a lot of kids, um, it was 1999, this wasn't very very commonplace. They, they thought it was a skit. And so kids were standing up saying, hey, shoot me, shoot me. They thought it was a joke. More kids died because of that. And when they realized really what was happening, they hunkered underneath the pews and the chairs in the sanctuary as fast as they could, except for one person. Witnesses that night said that Jeremiah was seen not hunkering underneath, but actually just gently sitting down and praying. It caught the attention of the gunman. He actually went right up to Jeremiah and says, What are you praying for? You one of those Christians? <laughs> and Jeremiah stopped praying. And he stood up with the barrel of the gun facing him. He put his hands up and he simply said this. He said, You can shoot me if you want. I was praying for you. Because I know where I'm going. Jesus loved me enough to die for me, and he conquered death. I know where I'm going, and my friend, you need Jesus too. And that night, Jeremiah, by sharing those words, was able to end the standoff with that gunman. He had nine more rounds in the barrel of that gun. It was ready to kill more people. Jeremiah's words stopped the killing. As reporters came in, in the aftermath of just this horrendous thing, Jeremiah was led out and reporters approached him as the word got out of what he had said. And they asked, well, what do you have to say about that? And here's what he said. He's like, maybe God is trying to tell the world that he can use anyone to share the good news that Jesus has conquered sin and death. And I'm here to tell you he's done it for me. Oh, what a witness. What a testimony. And may it be ours. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter what our past, no matter what our present, our God has shown up today to remind us and reaffirm and reconfirm you belong to him as a treasured child of God. May we bear witness, pray with me, no matter what, to that truth.